You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Banshee After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Banshee After Show. Hey there, fanshees. Do we have, yeah, we have theme music. There it is. Hey. Uh, this is After Buzz TV. Banshee After Show. You know where you are. Why else would you be listening or watching this podcast? That would be crazy. Uh, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, Armies of One. I am Matt Lieberman, of course. And joining me, my fantastic panel, Oriana Leo's here. Hi, everybody. Manus Rose is back. Hey, what's going on? Roya Tahiri on the ones and twos. Hello. Yes. Uh, so, guys... Fantastic episode. Armies of one says it all. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, right? So I was lucky enough to get screeners at the top of the season, Mm -hmm. and I had episodes one through five, and I watched them all, like, you know, what feels like a a lifetime ago. Well, you had already binge-watched season one. Yeah. So you were on a roll. You had momentum. Just going, going, going. And this is the first new episode that I've seen in a while. It's the first one I've watched live as it aired. And um, we're very definitely in the back half of the season. Things are tightening up. Everything's going in a direction I didn't quite suspect, <laughs> uh, which is also very, very exciting. Totally opposite from last week's episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we had that very intimate, you know, uh, Hood and Carrie story, and now we're, we're back in the thick of it. Blood and boobies. Blood, boobies. <laughs> we had a decapitation. Woo-hoo! We had two decapitations. <laughs> one via truck, other by garrot wire. Um, yeah, a lot of heads flying, a lot of boobies. Um, let's just there jump right in. There's actually quite a lot of boobies now that yeah. I think of it. Well, first of all, <laughs> I'm not complaining. We have our opening sequence mm-hmm. where uh where Quentin our our Jason Statham look alike. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. yeah, in his very fancy suit and with his Jaguar beaten down on some hillbillies who just can't leave his car alone. Hey double O homo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you see a brand new Jaguar, you start jumping on it and breaking off mirrors. That's right? what I do every time. Yes, I'm honest. Exactly. That's that's what you have to do. I mean, I'm from Phoenix, and all of us. That's, that's, right. <laughs> that's what you do in Phoenix. Exactly. That's that's how we roll. That's though. how. You, oh yeah, no, you're dangerous. Yeah, I can I'm tell from, it by I'm your. A, what, what is this? Is this a vest or what is this? I, I don't know. It's you some guys kind are both of, wearing. Yeah, the best. I know. Vest. Vest. I it's, know. It's, it's the new thing, Oriana. You gotta you get, get a memo. Like didn't the, you get the I memo? I didn't get the memo on the most useless piece of clothing. <laughs> yes. It is the world's most useless piece of clothing. Um, so Quentin comes to town. He's looking for Jason Hood. Um, as we all assumed. We kind of thought that might happen. Yeah, we all thought that Jason was kind of doomed. Yeah. And we all assumed it was gonna be from this outside force. From his own stupidity, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. He made it really hard his, to like. I know. Like him. Every dang time. Just stay in the room. <laughs> They're not killing you. They're trying to, to save your life. They give you all the IDs. He was so happy when he got his new IDs and his credit card and his bank statements and everything. You can't fix stupid. No, you can't. No matter what Sheriff Hood tries to do, he just, I mean, he's trying to, He's actually trying to help. He's not thinking of himself. For and, once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you, no matter what, this guy, you can't save Jason from himself. Yeah. 
He's so stupid. Well, I really loved the parallels in this scene where um, where Quentin shows up at, at Sugar's bar for the first time. And uh, we're seeing this kind of cross-cutting between this scene and the scene in the pilot where mm-hmm. the real Sheriff Hood is, is killed. And um, I, I just wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. I kind of took it almost as, like, you know, not just showing the parallels to the audience, but Sheriff Hood maybe even feeling a little bit of guilt for how things went down that day. That's exactly what I thought. Because, yeah. you know, he was now in the position of you know, being the Sheriff Hood, if you will, the original Sheriff Hood. You know, bad guys are walking in, something goes down. He's responsible for what happens now. Mm-hmm. That day, he wasn't Sheriff. You know, he may not have been responsible at the very moment, but now it's his turn to make sure this goes right. Yes. This time. Yeah. He can't repeat the past. Well, it's it's why I think he, he hasn't killed Jason and is trying to get him out, you know. Right. On some level, he's trying to set that right. What about you, Monis? Well, you know, this... I'm going to – the theme I feel of this whole episode is what Shaban later says about how you um, you cannot change. You can only evolve. And I feel, you know, Sheriff is trying to change. He's doing whatever. And he's, you know, those almost change in evolution, almost the same thing, but they're actually different. You know, one is growth. One is just completely changing. He feels he could just change. And I right. know I don't evolution. think he can. Is more, you know, it's it's forced by the environment. It's adaptation yes. mm-hmm. to your environment, to your surroundings, and uh, to your living situation. Right. Versus just changing outright is kind of arbitrary. You can make a decision to change, but ma- uh, your nature will not. Right. Um, and and I absolutely agree. I think it is a sign of his evolution that he has this level of mercy for someone who, quite frankly, he has a lot of disdain for <laughs> and poses a serious problem. He he could have easily just dispatched him and buried the body, but this is not the Lucas Hood, quote-unquote, that we met in the pilot. And I think being knowing that he's a father, because he's really not being a father, yeah. but knowing that he's a father and developing that kind of um, that attachment to Deva at a distance yeah. is changing him and making him more sensitive. Even you know, even though it is slowly, that's evolution, because mm-hmm. it's been very slow. Absolutely. And he's adjusting and adapting to this new reality of his. And I think that rubbed off on the situation. Here's a young kid who made a mistake. Yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't stop making mistakes. Yeah. No, it, 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 I love your point and it stuck out the most to me when, uh, when Quentin's talking to him about, you know, outside of the caddy and he's talking about how, you know, he wouldn't, he'd have to take away his son. And it's a little brief moment where Sheriff Hood's like, well, he's not my son, but, it made him start thinking about his daughter. If that was his daughter, what would he do? Right. She's a screw-up, too, right. as we see in this episode, and we'll talk more about that later on. Um, but I really, really enjoyed watching these two size each other up. The title of the episode, obviously, Armies of One, and um, Sheriff Hood has always been one, and it's the first time. Well, no, not the first time. He's met a few. The mm-hmm. albino was one. Chayton was one. Mm-hmm. But now we have another one that he's matches a, his level of intelligence. He also matches his size. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Instead of having a giant, it was really like a true duel. Okay. So then maybe he's the first true army of one versus pure giant. Right. No giants this week. Right. <laughs> um, and we're really bummed about that. You know, the fight scenes weren't as long as we saw with the albino or Chayton, but it was still just as effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, the power, you know, Sheriff still got, I mean... 
he got thrown around still, you know, quite a few times as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to make a quick comment about our opening scene. Let's do it. Um, where Lucas is, he has all these kind of quotes going around in his head mm-hmm. about what Job has said about everyone near you gets hurt. And it really seems like he's struggling with a lot of these messages. Yeah. And I don't know how you guys took that. Like, I was trying to figure out, is he being kind of tortured and taunted by the stuff in his information, in his mind? Is it floating around? Is he sort of in a dream state? Well, you have to remember, last week he he had convinced himself that not only should he leave, but he, that he could leave. Right. And then was presented with the evidence that he really can't. So I think it's a sign of his inner conflict. Right. He's somebody who understands that the people around him get hurt whenever he's around. You know, he's lost too many people. He's made too many mistakes. But at the same time, leaving... In, in some ways, can cause just as much damage. So, and that I think is part of his evolution, right I there. I think so too. In, in evolution and thinking. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention was that I noticed I loved the cinematography on the dogs mm-hmm. in that very first scene um, in the back of the truck with the hillbillies. Yeah. And I noticed the butterfly that was flying by um, because I just thought it was such an interesting contrast to have these vicious dogs and a slow floating butterfly. And we weren't able to see the final scene, but. But according to Manas, there were butterflies. There was this incredibly awesome butterfly flying through the meadows, showed Quentin's head. Sweet. Yes. I would have commented that I would love that you could pick up on something so small in the beginning Mm -hmm. that would essentially wrap it up at the end. Well, I mean, as as Greg uh, Yatanis said last week on the podcast, you know, the the whole concept behind the show is to provide as deep an experience for viewers as possible. And having these sorts of visual flourishes, having things like the numerology, uh, it's all to deepen the fan experience and allow them to hunt for these uh, these connections, which are often very beautiful. And I have to tell you guys, have you been to Banshee Origins online? Mm-hmm. Welcome to Banshee. I, have you done it? No. So I played. It's a blast. It is really cool. It's like yeah. an interactive kind of game. So after you watch the episode, I did last week's episode, and it really made me hone in on certain things on this episode. I don't think I would have noticed the butterfly. I wasn't looking for numbers this time. There was too much going on in sure, the episode. Sure. But it will reveal to you where the numbers and the numerology on the uh, on the dial in the in the title sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they reveal where they. It, the video shows where they will be revealed. Right. So there's there. It, it shows corresponding scenes from the episode, and you have to try to spot it and figure out what number was just in the scene that you just saw in order to unlock the next scene. And what the significance is. And there's other origin stories, too, which yeah. I just think are amazing to be able to learn just a little bit more about your about the characters. Right. Well, it's kind of like, you know, in, in, a, in a pulp graphic novel, eventually you start giving, you, you have an issue where you get the secret origins of somebody. Yes. And, uh... It's it's really cool that they're giving us that experience, even though it's not you know on the channel, it's not on Cinemax. It's for the people who want it, and I think it's a sign of the level of respect that the creative team has for their fan base, uh, which is really gratifying. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay. Want to talk really quickly about iTunes? You knew I had to do it. It was going to happen <laughs> within the ten to fifteen minute range. That's when it comes. Uh, and then we'll continue talking about this great episode. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for hitting us up on the iTunes, on the YouTube, on the Twitter. You guys are the best fans in the world, frankly. And we need your support. This podcast doesn't happen without you. You download it. You stream it on any one of your devices because we live in the most amazing future ever devised. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, we do it for you because you love the show as much as we do. How can you help us? Well, I'll tell you. It doesn't, it's not that hard. It just takes a moment. Go to iTunes, slap the show with a rating, give it a review. It only takes a moment, and it means the world to us. It's the only feedback that we get, and we like feedback. We like knowing that we're doing a decent job. You're enjoying the product. Are we wasting our time? Should I just go home? Should we pack it in? No, never. Should I just gain a bunch of weight? No. You know, and then just start marketing myself as some sort of somersaulting, large, fat, round no. man. No, Matt, I will not let you. Monus. It's not up to you. It's up to the fan base. So <laughs> do, uh, it. do it. Do it. Do it. No, Bro- Roya. No, you don't want me to. You want me to host the pot. Anyway, my point is, go to iTunes. It just takes a second. It means the world. It keeps the show searchable. Um, I'm trying to pull up reviews. And right if you're now. not if you're not on iTunes and you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate a thumbs up, a subscribe, and yeah. a comment if you like. Yeah, or even if you don't have access to either of these and you're wa- listening to this on Stitcher, you can email info at afterbuzztv.com and just send a nice email. Let our bosses know that we're we're, <laughs> we're fighting the good fight and giving you the good stuff. Um, I can't I can't find these reviews right now. That's I'll, okay. I'll, I'll I'll send out some tweets thanking some people. Um, but anyway, back to the show because we only have a limited amount of time. Uh, so I I really enjoyed the the fight scene. Between Quentin and uh, and Sheriff Hood, obviously before that we have uh, the sh- the good sheriff trying to avoid bloodshed. You know he's realizing that you know when these two forces collide, when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, mm-hmm. something breaks. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't want to to kill or to be killed. Unfortunately, doesn't work out. Dude just can't but, resist. I mean, what I found it odd that he would give away that much money and think that an- another criminal is going to do what he says he's going to do. I mean, why would you trust somebody like that? Well, I mean, as Quentin said, and back me up here, Monis, Quentin was like, you know, if you really did trust me to do that, why did you follow me and meet me out here but with he your guns? But he did, True. and then he realized when Sugar said something specific about how he was outsmarted by a bunch of rodents, yeah. then it mm-hmm. clicks in his mind that he made a, maybe had made a poor decision. What do you think, Monis? But he gets his money back, we are assuming, because yeah. he kills the guy. Oh, so. he gets all the money back. But, I mean, in the first place, I just, I can't believe he would do that. I mean, Sheriff always is a thief, you know? Once a thief, always a thief. He knows... All the time, I feel, in the back of his mind, he's going to be double-crossed. I feel he's always thinking he's going to be double-crossed. Even when he's with a woman, he's thinking he's going to be double-crossed, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. That's just his mindset. So, you know. I, I Here's what I, what I took from it, and you guys tell me what you think. I think part of his evolution is the development in some corner of his brain of hope. Hope, not just in the world, but also in people. And the hope that he doesn't have to be the same person that he's been for a very long time. I totally agree. I just think that was a poor choice. Well, But that's my point. He wasn't (laughs) thinking clearly. He hoped against hope that, you know, if he gave this guy this money, that it would work out and that things could progress. I think he knew in the back of his head it wasn't going to work out. Right. But he still had to try. Right. You know, it would have been a pleasant surprise to see Quentin drive away to Brantley without this money. Which brings us to, you know, if Quentin's dead and he never returns... Is Brantley going to come looking for Sheriff Hood? Right. Or looking for somebody, looking for Jason. Jason never left, so he's never going to find Jason Mm -hmm. again. So I think that that means we've got a new player in sort of the larger world of this show. Another crime boss who might be 
heading to Banshee. And well, as oh. Brock says, why yeah. is it that every scumbag with an automatic weapon comes here to the Sugar Shack to shoot you, Sheriff mm-hmm. Hood? And so, you know, there's that little storyline as well that is getting suspicious. Yeah. And what freeway out there only has semi trucks <laughs> driving? I, I don't mean, know. only semi trucks. Well, no, it's, are... it's a truck route. Yeah. It, all right. It's a truck route, but then how does Sheriff Hood know that he's going to take his Jaguar on the truck route? Because it seems like you take only take the truck route There's if you're trying to avoid one capture. Way out of Banshee, I no, guess, I and it's yeah. in a pine box, <laughs> right? Because everyone dies. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else on this story well, before we move on? Well, I was just thinking about the whole Brock situation. Like, I, let's we talk were, about Brock. We were talking about it in the screening. I wasn't quite clear on, you know, Brock is snooping. Sugar yes. sees it. He finds Jason's uh, license as well as a picture of Gordon and Carrie Hopewell's family. But then he goes to Gordon and says, you told me. And yeah. so I'm kind of wondering how much has Brock taken this on his own because he is he's pissed that he's right. not the boss. Right. And how much is it that Gordon want, has sent him on this errand on purpose? It wasn't really that he sent him on an errand. Uh, Brock's natural suspicion and curiosity is, I think, what fueled this move. But back in uh, the first episode of the season, they kind of have this this brief tete-a-tete in front of the courthouse where, uh, you know, Gordon's like, look, you obviously are like me and realize that something's going on here. So whatever you find, you tell me. Whatever I find, I'll tell you. So, I so think- Brock maybe just needed sort of kind of some permission. Yeah, for him to for him to sort of act on his suspicions. Exactly, he, knowing that he has somebody else who feels the same way, who is also in a position of power mm-hmm. and is tied into this situation, I think has freed him up to take action versus just quietly muttering to himself, "This is some something's wrong." So here we have another angle at which you know Lucas Hood's credibility will be undermined. Right. Well, this this fake driver's license is the smoking gun just as much as the picture of the family because once they figure out who this kid is and that he's been murdered or he's disappeared. He's disappeared. Kai is probably and, Bert, yeah. and Burton are not going to let that be found. Well, nope. no, but this watch is there. This watch that has his DNA on it because he was wearing it. His dad's. Yeah, his dad's watch. Um... And exactly, they find the if the cops find this watch before Lucas does, what does that mean? Once they get the DNA for Lucas Hood on it, why is why is the sheriff's watch there? And wait a minute, that it's not your DNA because we tested your DNA, but that also comes up as Lucas Hood. What's happening here? Uh-oh. It's all kinds of threads are are gonna start um, getting pulled, yeah. and it's all gonna come undone unless Brock Lotus meets an untimely end. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, but <laughs> did you know, there. just to uh, make Brock likable, he was wearing his Philly Eagles I hat. I mean, he, you know, not too many characters wear clothes with logos, but yeah. he, you know, he shined his uh, Philadelphia Eagles pride right there. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, so he's likable. He's a local, he's a local he's, guy. I'm not saying he's not likable. Ugh. I was proud of him <laughs> for snooping this week. I'm like, go Brock. Follow the suspicions because you're right. And what you're, you, I want more cops like you who are going to protect me from people who steal people's identities and then go around fighting and killing and banging people. This is, this is the kind of cop that I want. Um, but still, I have to imagine once it, once word gets to Lucas, cause uh, he and Sugar didn't have the conversation yet. Right. That he's been snooping and he realizes what he probably knows and what's missing from the floor under his bed. Creepy. Uh, <laughs> He's, it's going to be a big problem. It's yeah. going to be a big, big problem. 
All right. I want to talk about Jason, who is R.I.P., uh, but not really, because he's kind of a jerk. And <laughs> Rebecca. Oh, my gosh. He makes the worst mistake in the world. Let's talk, let's talk about Rebecca first, and we'll circ- circle back to Jason. So, Rebecca is still learning at the hands of her Uncle Kai, her dear, sweet Uncle Kai. Uh, he has finally kind of reached a sort of truce with Alex Longshadow. Mm-hmm. He'll take care of his enemies uh, in order to keep him in power. And Alex gets, doesn't like it, though. Yeah, he's not crazy about it, but he'll do whatever he has to do to stay in power. Right. Yeah. Um, and Kai kind of breaks down to Rebecca what this casino means to him. It's it's a it's a legacy for him to leave behind that is somewhat legitimate. And since he has no children, weird pause. Uh-huh. And then he changes changes the subject kind of. Um, this relationship is so weird. Oh my god! The fact that he's getting a BJ from one of his employees, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's also the only way that she's going to get her money. It's the only way she can get her money. In addition, it's following the pattern of him liking the darker-skinned ladies. Yes. And this is also the same time, the second time that Rebecca has walked in, caught him doing essentially a similar act. A sexual act, And this act, time, yeah. locks eyes. At, locks eyes with him, and he does nothing about it. He doesn't cha- He doesn't stop her. He doesn't look down. He's just kind of like... How does that make so, you feel? Yeah. So very uncomfortable. is Kai visualizing... The woman doing the deed, or is he visualizing? Oh, wait, he's looking you, at, yes. He's looking so, at Rebecca. Obviously, is he getting? But I'm saying, who is he getting off at? That's the we don't know. Well, I I feel like I don't understand what drives Kai Proctor sexually. I mean, the the he's, the bonnet to me reeks of uh, shame, yes. self self hatred. Um, but you know the. This having the all of his employees blow him or have sex with him to me reeks of a power thing. Mm-hmm. He's showing that he is in power, and I think that's also what he's doing with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, is showing her how much power he has by not caring that she can see. Yeah, but she, it's like that's right. I keep talking about the power that I have. You seem you've been conflicted in the past about whether or not you're with me. This is me. So what I. I'm curious to find out from the scene is when he says, you know, you're either with me or you're not with me after Colt Burton comes in and cold bloodily. What am I trying to say? He kills Jason Hood in in cold cold blood. blood. Cold bloodily Um, murders him. Yeah. Myrtle. (laughs) Myrtles him. So, I mean, what exactly is he saying? Is he saying that we have, we're going to have an exclusive sexual relationship? Is he saying, I own you and you can only do what I say? I mean, I'm curious to see how I this think is going to play exactly out. What but he is. just terrorized her to the point that she probably is going to do whatever he says because. I don't know. The, that freak out in the car reeks to me of a woman who realizes she's trapped. Yes. And is intensely frustrated in the sexual way. Where you know, is she going to go? I don't know. Mar- bo- yeah. Manas has something but, to say. I mean, so I did a lot of research on the Amish community over my time away. Get it, girl. Look yes, at you. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you guys discussed this in season one, but I feel, you know, Rebecca's still... You know, having a free for all with her rum springer. Have you guys talked about the rum springer? We haven't talked about rum springer yet. All right, but anyway, I mean, she's, they're just learning, and I feel, you know, even Kai, you know, with the rum springer, uh, she is learning the new ways, and maybe, yeah, Kai is, in a well, way, yeah, uh, teaching. Hold on, hold on. Isn't, this isn't her rum springer. Rum springer is when you're allowed to go off yeah. and see the world. She has been banned from her family. Yeah. I, you're right. I was kind of stretching, though, in the banshee world that this was, 
you know, I was trying they to... They don't seem to be allowing that sort of freedom in this community yeah. at all, because no one's allowed to have any freedom whatsoever. Well, I'm pretty sure... I, I, the question is, we don't know how old Rebecca is and whether or not Someone she, tweeted at me that she was in her early 20s. Early 20s. Okay. So I have to imagine that she's, she's old enough older. to have taken rum, gone on Rumspringa, went back to the community, but couldn't shake the new things that she discovered. If that's something that they support, because right. I don't know, it's, I don't know extreme. if every I don't know if every community does rumspringa. Sorry, I just had to mention it because oh, I was course. I was really into I was really into this. I heard this term for the first time. Well, why don't a, you tell our fans um, what it is? Well, basically, I mean, it's between the uh, for an Amish boy or girl between the ages of sixteen and eighteen, they're allowed. And different Amish communities have different rules, obviously. But basically, in a nutshell, they're allowed to venture into the real world. They're allowed to drive a car with wheels. They're allowed to, you know, um, do just regular things. Go to the movies, and if they want to do some, you know, vices in life, they're allowed to do that as well. The problem, of course, is that if they decide they want to leave, then they are banned from their family, right? No matter what. So right. the decision—it's really not much of a. It's not. It's not a great choice. It's not a great choice to make. It's pretty hard. So, I mean, it no, seems yeah. like to me that's kind of what happened with her, where she felt the pull of the outside world, mm-hmm. but didn't want to be without her family, but then also couldn't shake some of the things she had discovered. Here's here's what's most interesting for me, though, is what she takes from seeing Kai with this stripper mm-hmm. and the the power of that, and there's there's something in the look that's almost like. Can you handle this? And this is this moment with Jason is her trying to show that she can, and and she's trying to show her power. Yeah, right. She's, she's trying not to letting dominate her him. touch him. You know, she's dominating. She's in control. You know, she's not saying a word. She's not letting him. And say is anything. she is she learning this? But from Kai, is this a from paint, his example? Is this a paint by colors? Are we going to get like absolutely paint well, by I, numbers? I mean? <laughs> I mean, I kind of see him grooming her to take over the casino and all of his businesses when he dies. You know, and and that's part of the reason why her loyalty is so important to him. You know, this is but his even life's sexual work. Sexual loyalty, even sexual so loyalty. Weird. But I, 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 but at the same time, I don't think that that's necessarily Kai saying we're gonna bang. Right. I think it's. Um, you know, Be careful. Is you belong to no other man but me. Right. You know, like, I imagine at some point, if they're not entering into some kind of creepy sexual relationship, at the very least, she can only, like, sleep with men that he's approved or, like, he brings men for her yeah, the same he way that he brings involved. women for her. Sure. You know, he has to be in charge of it and maybe even watching from a closet. You know, <laughs> like, it's... But that's what I'm saying. Is, is Sexually, he seems to be driven by this sort of pattern of power and shame mm-hmm. where he's... I, when he's having these women put on this bonnet, he's almost... It's almost like he's, you know, he's having aggressive sex with... The family that that you know spurned him, which also may drive the attraction to the to the niece. Ay ay ay! It's a very deep, murky morass. Hey, you know, Kai is an equal opportunist. All right, I'm just saying. What does that What does that mean? Is he <laughs> I don't know. It's a very. Man? It's just a very. Um, I was trying to get into more of his character. Uh, you mentioned he does, you know, different women. And he just doesn't do, do one race, and he's not in. Probably he wants. I mean, if he wants to go within his family, you know? He, that's the type of guy he is. He's okay. an equal opportunist, is all. Okay, all right. Character development, that's Character all. development, <laughs> evolution, not change. Yes. Okay. Um, so we also get to see just a brief little peek behind the veneer of Mr. Burton mm. and perhaps his relationship with Kai. Oh, my gosh. So after he completely 
uh, it's like it's garrot wire or garroting wire, and he just garrots uh, Jason. He comes back to clean the room. He's listening to classical music. Opera. Yes. And uh, he's, like, smelling things. He's, like, smelling the sex sheets. <laughs> and, like... He's working out. He yeah. seems like he had... It was a... Um, there were a series of things he was doing it was almost a as ritual. a ritual. Yeah. yeah. This is a ritual he per- has performed before. The same way that I think the, the beating that he receives is also part of the ritual. Now, we don't see if it comes from Kai, but here's the scenario that it, it, it led me to believe that it was. Was um, Burton... Should have should have stopped her before this sex happened. He was punished for letting it happen, and mm. then had to go clean it up and like clean away his mess. Basically, that's to me what that whole sequence was about. But the most like jarring thing and weird thing to me is the moment in the mirror when he smiles at himself, and then it and then it drops off his face. He's like testing it out to see almost what, what it, it would, would look, look like because like. yes. he because he never has or yes. like hasn't in a long time. And I'm so curious about what has warped this dude's mind. And he and it's such a bizarre smile, and his reaction to it is so bizarre. Yeah. And but I imagine that it's Kai, or it's a Kai proxy that is doling out this punishment. A proctor because, proxy. A proctor proxy because it is a, an extension of what's happening with Rebecca. It's the show of power. Mm-hmm. It's the really, um, really deciding that everyone in your life is going to serve you. You're going to dominate them. You're going to have the power on them. Yeah. But in exchange for their loyalty, they will be rewarded. Um, and I don't know what, how, financially or with um, comfort. Yeah. You know, whatever. Live and in his nice house. Live in his nice house and be yeah. treated with respect and whatever. You know, get men picked out for you or ladies or whatever you want. Right. right. And so maybe this is maybe this is what poor Rebecca has in store for her. I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of punishment and reward system. I imagine that that's definitely in the cards and <laughs> this is Banshee. Now, all. one thing I have to say, isn't it a little far-fetched after what an amazing job that Burton does scrubbing the carpet clean and that all this? He misses the that watch. he misses a watch of that size and bulk. I don't know. I mean, granted, coincidences, coincidences should never make things easier for your characters. Right. And this watch being left behind makes things worse for everybody. Right. Well, I just, I love the fact, um, and you, both you brought this out, you know, with um, all the Easter eggs, that no character in Banshee goes without a little more backstory, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, you know, from the get-go that Clay was going to be just a min- a very very minor character. We just saw him without any lines, and now we're we're getting this backstory. We're getting some exposition, and I feel we we receive exposition with all of the characters. Who's with all Clay? The, Who's Clay? Uh, I mean, excuse me, Burton. Oh, you know, Clay oh. Burton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is his first name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> no, I mean it's just when you have a quiet dude in a bow tie. Yeah. Who goes into that uh, in the third episode of the first season? Goes into that RV and just kills that dude off camera, and then just comes right back out. He's very compelling. He's just a very compelling person. I want to know everything that I can know, and I want to see his army of one come up against Sheriff Hood's army of one because they have very, very different styles. Right. You know, Burton is sneakier. He's more of like uh, he's more of a snake. He's stealthy. Yeah, he's more of a snake versus uh, Sheriff Hood, who's got more of like a bear or like just like a cheetah, jaguar, panther, puma, <laughs> uh, leopard, tiger. What okay, are other big right. cats? Okay. Um, all right. So speaking of of Sheriff Hood, he's wrestling with with all this, but he also finds some time to stop off and uh, make a little pit stop 
with uh, Miss Shabon Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I love the juxtaposition of their sex versus uh, Jason and Rebecca's sex and how they feel and what they mean and the way that they're shot, how they're lit. It, it all goes to show the how diametrically opposed these two scenes are. Because with Jason and Rebecca, it's about power. It's about disassociation. Mm-hmm. She's not looking at him. He's just kind of pounding away with this Ugh. gross gopher face. Ew. And uh, That's all I can think, too, is ew, ew, ew. That's mm-hmm. really all I can think. Yeah, you know, that's not satisfying. Mm-hmm. I don't this know why There's nothing went... sexy about that, uh, about any of their sex right. scenes. And if he had just stayed in the room, he'd be alive. I know, stupid. S- <sighs> idiot. Anyway. <laughs> Um, versus this kind of tender, passionate, uh, you know, connected lovemaking mm-hmm. that the sheriff and Shabon have. And, like, while I'm bummed that he just leaves her there naked on the bed, first of all, if she sprawled out over the center, that's just a very selfish way of passing out. Because, <laughs> w- w- what, I have to wake you up to move you over? Is Maybe whole thing. he just did a really good job. I mean, we have to assume that he did. It's Sheriff Hood. Yeah. He doesn't leave. Yes. He doesn't leave a job undone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but he he leaves her, and I'm pissed at him for it. But at the same time, I think it it bothers him on some level that, that he's doing it. Yeah, that he's doing it, and that it is as connected, which just shows like how pure her intentions are. Right. And that he does have an attraction to her that he does have an attachment to her he knows that he can't let her in but what if he did and it's still early days and Part maybe I'm like over- I don't right. think so I don't think you're overreaching at all okay I think there's a real tenderness between them I think he's trying to keep his boundaries yeah but you, we see him struggle mm-hmm. and she's doing her best I think to keep them as well or at least respect his right but I mean, we're watching on his face that he, it's not an easy decision. Yeah. And, and you know, she's seen a lot of the worst of, of him. She doesn't know that he's a criminal, but she does know that he can kill, that he does fight, that he is rough around the edges, that there's more to him than he has actually explained. But she still has these very warm feeling toward, towards him anyway. And I just love this shot from above. You know, and he's basically is he's taking up the whole frame. But you know, her legs are coming around the side, and then you just see it's just her face, and it's I I love this because it's very rare that I feel like I'm seeing an honest sex scene from a woman's perspective. I totally agree. What about you? Yes, on television, I actually felt the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and I felt like we were seeing both scenes from the woman's perspective, Rebecca dissociating, just trying to get an ounce of pleasure where she has so much confusion and pain versus Shaban, who's feeling connected with a partner, who's feeling fulfilled with a partner, who's ending a long day. You know, there, I just, I, I love seeing that kind of emotion, especially on an action show where you, you imagine that a lot of the sex is going to be very aggressive or, you know, like damaged people just trying to escape for a moment or whatever. I Hats off to you, because I think that's an amazing um, just judgment about what yeah, you saw. fantastic. Especially from... Uh, I feel I, so weird when I get compliments but on I'm a, I mean, I'm a woman. I'm, okay. I saw that, and I didn't think to bring it up, because I thought, hmm... This isn't really the audience. No, it's you know a, I mean? uh, we're, we love the show. We are the audience. But I mean, to hear it from you means that yeah. much more. Cool. So thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, I, I I like seeing them together. I like their chemistry. And I like what I it means. I don't want her to get hurt. I know. But I feel, you know, going back one more time, but from her little, you know, soliloquy about evolution and change. Yeah. 
I feel she accepts the sheriff. He's not going to change. He, she said she was counting on it. Yeah. Well, growth. I think she was counting on growth. On, the, on evolution. On, on evolution. Yeah, on evolution. But I don't think he's going to change. I feel. I feel like he is going to evolve, though. We've been seeing it. We've been seeing it, and I think it, it's not lost on her. The, it, we have to remember that this is all very compressed time. Right. Right. The sheriffhood that she met month or two ago, mm-hmm. however long he's actually been there, they're radically different right. on some levels from the person that she's sleeping with now and she's beginning this ill-advised relationship with. And I think she understands that he has a depth of feeling. One of the favorite things uh, that Greg talked about when he was here was um, uh, the kind of re the reconception of the character after they shot episode four of last season as the first episode, when um, when Anthony Starr has this big animalistic reaction to being trapped mm. in the opening of that episode and realizing that he does have pain and that he does have emotion. He is this deep uh, well of feeling. I think it's not lost on Siobhan. I think it's one of the reasons that she's so attracted to him. And I think that also brings up the idea of change versus evolution. In a, you know, If you look up close, it looks like he's evolving. But like you said, if... Season one and two are like two or three months time. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of change. Mm-hmm. That's like radical change. Oh, yeah. So it could be essentially both. People really do change. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be the question of the, of the season or mm-hmm. of the whole series. Who knows? I will say I, I'm rooting for both of them. I, I, yeah. I really am. I'm, I'm on their side. I love these crazy yeah. kids. <laughs> let's Let's make that happen. All right, so on the other side of the mm-hmm. coin, though, we have the former lover, Carrie, and her offspring, Deva, Max. We got Gordon in the mix. Uh, so, you know, after Carrie left that light-up unicorn in Deva's room last episode, sweet, also creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Deva, obviously, not happy. She's doing this driver's, not driver's test, but she's doing driver's ed. And these just, these B-words in the girls. back seat. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word. I don't use it. But these girls, I'm sorry. What you? She's right there. Okay, well that's happened. and the instructor's not stopping. It. By the way, that kind of stuff happens all the time, like in high school. Awful. Where ex- girls will bully other girls by getting really close to them and then saying horrible, horrible things what? to each other, so that you know that the, the other girl is the victim. She's going to hear it. It's, it's, it's insanity. Bullying. What happens? It's awful. But it's that's awful. it's it can be real accepted and ignored by teachers. So I kind of like that they showed that as as the catalyst for a catastrophic event mm-hmm. because bullying really can lead to some serious things. Totally. And she starts driving the car like a crazy woman. She pulls over into the wrong side of the road, nearly causes an accident. And, uh, you know, Gordon shows up. He defends her. He threatens this dude in a big way. He's like, I will feed you your effing lungs. I know. Where did Whoa. that come from? Okay, Gordon. <laughs> did you get, get that girl? from the strip club or what? <laughs> I don't know. But he's got a lot of aggression. And I, I've always felt like, Gordon, there's more story there than we've seen. Way more. Because um, there's a darkness in him. And we'll we'll get to explore it, I assume, as we move forward. Um, but, you know, Dave is obviously rattled. And she has no one really to talk to. She's been pushing her mother away. Um, until Gordon gets way too hopped up on the goof juice and the and the pills and the marijuana and the strippers, and he comes home nearly blackout drunk, and she has to carry him up the stairs and try to you know like explain it away to Max. It's not quite working, Mm-mm. and she's realizing you know that her father's not a paragon of virtue either. Right? She only has two parents. 
she should at least hear her mother's side and get her questions answered, even if she can't let her back into her life right now. Um, so I was really happy that she opened that door back up at the end of the episode. And obviously Carrie was very, very happy about that. Um, I was really touched by that scene at the top of the stairs with Gordon, just mm-hmm. because as an adult that without children, I don't, you know, if if I know someone that's blackout drunk, I'm like, wow, you're kind of pathetic, and you need to think about what you did. <laughs> and in the morning, you're gonna feel like crap, and I hope you feel sorry. For, you know, yeah, I'm not gonna feel sorry for you. you. That was a choice you made. But as a parent, the consequences are so much greater, and children don't understand. And to see their like fear and you know terror mm-hmm. was really touching because it has such a far-reaching effect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was just you pointed it out. Absolutely, that image is going to stay with them. I mean, forever. For, oh, yeah. Even no matter what good they do, you know, in future, still that image, oh, this is my dad. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. So that really makes that indelible print on them, and it's enough to push Deva over to her mom to at least carry her out. Yeah. And, you know, she and Max get to reunite for a little bit in this episode. Very, very sweet moment. Mm-hmm. She's watching him doing the skateboard tricks. That's great. I'm just, I'm worried about what Gordon is going to do over these next few episodes, he's definitely self-destructing. He's very unstable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially with him getting information about Sheriff Hood, you mm-hmm. know, finding out that Dave is being, you know, spending time with Carrie. Yeah. It's not It's not going to end well for them. Um, okay. Uh, just Sugar and Job. Job comes back. Purple um, hair. Yeah, purple mm-hmm. hair. And like a wonderful, like... Marie Claire cardigan or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, and always changing it up. Mm-hmm. Coming back from New York, so how was selling the diamonds? Oh my gosh! Holy effing C, guys! You just did fifteen years for a handful of, of glass. glass. Boom. 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 Oh my god, my oh, brain exploded. I know. How did anyone- fans tell us what you thought? Because my it was like <sighs> the look on his face. When he realized what happened. And okay. The heartbreak, the shame, the almost fear. Okay, this is what where my mind is already going. Because I can't stand that this is an an actual possibility that this happened. Yeah. Is it possible that Rabbit knew where the location was and he had and he stole them back and switched them out and it's gonna mess with 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 Lucas Hood's head mm. to make him think that it was all for naught because I can't really deal with this that he fought the albino for nothing. I I wanna I wanna be there for you, Oriana. I can't agree. I Ugh. can't agree. I, I'm gonna hold out hope. Okay, okay. just hold like Lucas hope. is evolving. Yeah, and he, he's hoping that some ridiculous right. plan will work. I'm also gonna hope that some ridiculous solution okay. will come and he will get his diamonds. Or is this the, or is this the catalyst? And he just says, "F it all, I'm leaving." Yeah, yeah. I mean, go after Rabbit. Yes, really. <laughs> that would be rad. I'm down I, for that. I mean, right when he's accepting Banshee, right when it's like, "Oh, this is my new life." Ha ha ha. I'm going to get my daughter that I never knew I had. Ha ha ha. And then, why boom. Is he going, ha, why ha, is he ha, laughing? Ha. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Trying to make a G yeah. G rated Banshee world, I guess. I Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Okay, time for predictions. Yeah. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. All right, folks. So we got a dead Jason Hood on our hands, and, and an incriminating watch found on the premises. Um, we have to say that we didn't see the preview. Yeah, we didn't see the preview for next week, so we don't know anything that's coming. But we do know that Sheriff Hood is supposed to pick up Jason the following day, and he's going to come back to this completely cleaned-out apartment, except for the watch. 
Uh, and he's not going to be thrilled. Let's hope he finds the watch. Yes, let's hope he finds it first. Um, I think we're gonna. It's gonna reignite the Kai Hood feud, um, which has been dormant for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna see some murders or some pressurings uh, on the part of Kai Proctor for, for Alex Longshadow. Council members. Council next week. All that's happening. Um, and Rebecca's dealing with some serious stuff. <laughs> what do you guys think? Monis. I feel, first of all, that Sugar is going to be pouring a few more of those last call cocktails, and he's going to be making them like a quadruple for everybody. Nice. <laughs> and also, I feel actually next week, um, Job, Sugar, and the Sheriff, are, the gang's going to get back together because they want to solve this diamond thing. I think that's going to be the big A story. I think all the other stuff it will be pushed under the rug. That... And rabbit, obviously, we're going to see some rabbit, or yeah, we're going to see yeah. something with that. Yeah. But it's it's all about the diamonds. It's about the three of them. I feel we're going to see a lot of um, a lot more Joe. We're going to see a lot more sugar. We're going to see a lot more sheriff. All right, sweet Oriana. Um, just to piggyback off you guys, I'm I'm really I guess my, it's not as much of a prediction as a question, but more will the sheriff unravel because of this news? Will he? devolve because this has um, kind of shaken his core foundation of what he thought was real for so long Um, or will he somehow keep it together to lead these three Um, I'm very curious I'm going to hope that he'll rally the troops um, with one focused goal of eviscerating rabbit I think it's definitely going to it's going to be a huge distraction sure um, he's definitely going to have to grapple with some demons. And what I predict is that it will be such a distraction he will not notice the other little things going on going on in Banshee that are essentially kind of pulling at the threads of his identity. I love identity. that prediction. That I like. Okay. Um, I want to thank everybody at home for uh, watching or listening to the podcast this week. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with another fantastic episode. Oriana Leo, where can the people find you? The people can find me on Instagram at Oriana Leo or Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo. I'm also on Facebook, um, and I am working on a new show I will be launching called Running Errands in Hollywood. Okay. I am interviewing interesting people in my car, running an errand for them, and it's going to be a podcast and a webcast launching in about two weeks. Oh, fantastic. So stay tuned to my Twitter, I'm and so you'll hear all about it. I'm so stoked for that. That's going to be you. rad. Manus, where can the people find you? Um, on Twitter, at RestFiction, that's RestaurantFiction.com, where I'll be doing a legitimate review on Sugar's Bar from Banshee pretty oh, soon. Sweet. Yeah, that's that's my next You do review. You do uh, real reviews of fake bars and restaurants. Yes. Okay. And that's scholarly, yes. awesome. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Well, folks, if you really want to find me, and uh, I imagine that you do, you can find me on Twitter, at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. And if you're feeling nasty, you can follow me on the Instagram, Matty Lieberman, Matt with a Y, Lieberman. Uh, what else is going on? I'm on AfterBuzz all the time, Almost Human, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Justified, uh, Cougar Town, Lost Girl, Helix on Sci-Fi, great shows, got more coming up in the spring. If you're in L.A. and you love live comedy, well, here's some great news for you. Uh, you can come see me at the I.O. West Comedy Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, 6366 Hollywood Boulevard, uh, March 9th, as a member of DJ Fawcett at 9 p.m. It's a great night of sketch comedy. I want to thank everybody for watching or listening. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Fanchies rule! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.